listening to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Jake Neer in for Stephen Henderson today. Here in Detroit, the Motor City, we know a thing or two about the automotive industry. Back in the 1950s, America, and particularly Detroiters, saw the massive economic benefits and cultural ubiquity of the auto industry. The big automotive manufacturers were the business titans of their time. And yet, by the end of the 1960s, the tides had turned. Our next guest has a new book detailing the downfall of the industry as a whole, in which he pays particularly close attention to General Motors, the company that was the main target of a 1966 Senate hearing on auto safety. Kenneth White is a historian and author of several books, including his latest, which is titled The Sack of Detroit, General Motors and the End of American Enterprise. Kenneth, welcome to Detroit Today. Be here. Thanks so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Um, you write that General Motors was American business in the in the mid-20th century. It was American business. Can you talk about the size and scope of the auto industry in America during the 1950s and 60s? I mean, put it into some perspective. Was it like Amazon or big tech of its time in terms of its economic and social ubiquity? Yeah, it's kind of hard to get your head around just how big General Motors was uh, in in the mid-1960s. It was sort of like Amazon, Apple, uh, Facebook, Google, but it was more like all of them together. Uh, The auto industry was um, responsible for about one in every six jobs in America, one in every five consumer dollars that were spent and uh, there were literally tens of thousands of other businesses, small businesses, suppliers that depended on the auto industry. There was something like 170 advertising agencies dependent on the auto uh, industry. And General Motors was half of the auto industry at at the time. So it it was enormous, uh, had uh, over 500, 600,000 employees. Uh, and a presence in American life unlike any companies had before or since. Yeah, I mean, we we talk a lot about the things that have sort of changed society uh, over the last hundred years or so. I mean, you know, but or maybe hundred or two hundred years between you know the light bulb and electricity and um, uh, computers, the internet, that sort of thing. But when we think of the the various inventions that have impacted the nation's economy, especially. Where would you rank the automobile in terms of the role it played and continues to play in the economic vitality of the United States? The automobile was huge to uh, the American economy, American standard of living, and, and, and the American way of life. I don't think there's ever been an invention that um, had quite the same impact. We literally rebuilt society around the automobile. Uh, the uh, the nature of our cities and our suburbs and our exurbs all, all owe themselves to the automobile. There's all kinds of businesses from fast food to hotel motels and um, uh, you know the whole auto supply industry that didn't exist uh, before there uh, allowed uh, the automobile allowed people to live differently than they had before. Uh, my favorite statistic is uh, that uh, through almost all of mankind, we were limited to about a 12 mile ambit, which is 
what the human, uh, you know, the sort of human capacity for walking in a given day. And, and uh, we lived our lives in little 12 uh, mile circuits. But uh, once the automobile came along, uh, that gave us a mobility, uh, an ability to uh, uh, get wherever we wanted to go, whenever we wanted to go, um, easily, inexpensively, and and it was an enormous boon to uh, 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 to humanity, and uh, and and uh, there was a reason that the automobile came so quickly to dominate American life, and there was a reason why we reordered our cities around it and, and our lifestyles around it, because it was this great invention. Uh, maybe only electricity ranks with it in terms of a sort of life-changing and uh, uh, economic advancing technology. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it was, it was uh, uh, we, we tend to forget it now. We tend to take for granted uh, the automobile. We kind of resent the way the automobile <laughs> has changed our lives in our cities. And we talked about that yesterday on the show, actually. <laughs> that's right. And, and, you know, some of the externalities that come with the automobile, you know, that, that contributes to pollution and, and uh, it uh, uh, can clutter our streets and so on. We're, we're very familiar with those, but we tend to lose sight of just what an enormously um, helpful invention it was. Uh, and why, you know, I think it was 1913 that uh, Henry Ford started mass producing the automobile. And by about 1922, 1923, about 80% of Americans had access to an automobile. So that's just an enormous um, uh, pace of uh, adoption of a new technology. And then there's really never been anything like it. And of course, those plants, uh, you know, right down the street from where we sit right here in Detroit right now. And so the 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 life changing effects of the automobile and the industry, as you mentioned, uh, no bigger impact probably than right here in Detroit. Um, in your book, you dive into the 1966 Senate trials uh, that involved the auto industry. And I got to admit, you know, I've lived in, in Metro Detroit almost my entire life, uh, going back to when I was just a baby. And, you know, I, I, I've i never even heard about this story before your book. <laughs> it's a, it might, Maybe it's a generational thing. That's, that's very possible. I wasn't born, uh, I wasn't alive at the time. But what was at the heart of these trials for, for listeners? Yeah, it, it uh, hasn't received much discussion. We, we tend to gloss over what happened to the auto industry in, in the 60s and concentrate on what happened in the 70s when oil prices went high and the problems of the industry were suddenly really evident. But uh, what I found when I was looking back at what happened to uh, General Motors through history was that uh, all of its problems really started in in. 1965-1966, uh, when it came under attack on auto safety. Um, the uh, There had been a lot of concern uh, through the years about uh, auto safety and, and how to prevent people from dying on the roads. You know, it was at the time 40 to 50,000 people a year were dying in automobile accidents, which was by any measure way too many. And, uh, uh, and, and, for the longest time, um, people in 
government, people in the auto industry, people at the National Safety Council had believed that uh, the driver was the problem uh, on the roads, that uh, we needed to uh, instruct people to drive better. Uh, cars don't kill people by themselves. Uh, people uh, kill people with cars. And, uh, and, and that was the attitude towards auto safety. It was the nut behind the wheel that was the problem. Um, along came uh, a group of reformers with uh, what we call, or they called the, the second collision theory, which uh, stated that the real problem wasn't one car hitting another car or one car hitting a tree. It was what happened afterwards when the person, the people in the car, then hit the dashboard or hit the steering wheel or flew through the windshield. That second collision was the real uh, problem. That's where people were damaged most and, and lives were lost. So we had to make crash-proof cars. Uh, and uh, Ralph Nader and uh, Abraham Ribikoff, who was in the Senate at the time, Bobby Kennedy, uh, who was at the Senate uh, at the time, and Daniel Patrick Moynihan, who was in the Labor Department, were all second collision enthusiasts. And they, they believed that Detroit had the technology that they wherewithal to build a crash-proof car, but Detroit didn't care. So uh, Detroit was putting unsafe cars on the road and literally murdering people uh, with bad car designs. And uh, that all came up in about 1965, 1966. Mm. Uh, I'm talking with Kenneth White, historian and author of several books, including the newly released The Sack of Detroit, General Motors, and The End of American Enterprise. You're listening here on Detroit Today. I'm Jake Neer in for Stephen Henderson today. And if you want to join the conversation, you can call us at 313-577-1019. Again, that's 313 577 1019. We especially want to hear from you if you are in the auto, if you work in the auto industry or sort of auto industry adjacent in some way, what are your thoughts on the state of the auto industry today and, and sort of how it's changing? What role does it play in our lives uh, and, and, and sort of for everyone out there? What role do you see the auto industry playing in, in your life, especially here in Metro Detroit? And do you believe that the, the health of the auto industry is inextricably tied to, to us here in Metro Detroit. The number again is 313-577-1019. You can also leave a comment on Twitter by using the hashtag Detroit Today. Now, Kenneth White, um, you know, talk about how these Senate trials in 1966 impacted the industry overall. What was the long-term effect of, of all that, especially in, in this new era that you talk about of consumer advocacy and regulation? Right. So, so the safety crusaders uh, decided to blame Detroit for all of the responsibility uh, for, for people dying uh, on the roads. And they labeled American cars as a death trap. Uh, uh, Ralph Nader famously uh, cited the Chevrolet Corvair with its rear engine as a one car accident. And, uh, and, and there were highly publicized Senate trials uh, through 1965-1966, at which General Motors uh, executives were 
raked over the coals for presumably building lethal automobile designs and, uh, and, and killing Americans uh, by the tens of thousands uh, and, uh, and not using the technology they had to prevent uh, lives. And uh, um, uh, General Motors in particular was uh, a target of the uh, safety crusaders and um, the resultant uh, bad publicity for General Motors um, and the, uh, the, the reputational damage done by the Senate hearings had uh, an almost immediate and uh, far greater impact on GM's finances than I had realized and that I had seen reflected in any uh, of the literature. The share price in, in the wake of the uh, Senate hearings, the General Motors share price declined uh, by 40% and didn't regain its 1966 level till the end of the century. Its profits uh, 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 more or less uh, evaporated between mm -hmm. 1960 and 1970. It was having to spend more money to sell uh, the same number of cars, and that was very expensive for GM. And uh, and its uh, uh, profitability dried up. So, uh, and, and at the same time, General Motors, uh, I, I managed to find a lot of internal documents from, from GM in these years, and they had consumer surveys and, and customer surveys that showed that uh, right up until the safety hearings, it, it, uh, in 1965, uh, they began, right up until that time, people were perfectly satisfied with General Motors cars. They thought the cars were great. They thought GM was the leader of the auto industry in every respect. Safety wasn't top of mind. Um, and um, and, and uh, General Motors couldn't be doing a better job of being the leader of mm. American industry. And, and clearly uh, that changed. <laughs> it absolutely changed. Yeah. And, and GM, uh, from that point on, uh, I think uh, was was never was never the same. Mm, Which yeah. you know, if GM had been killing people uh, by the tens of thousands, you would think, well, that's that's um, you know just desserts. But uh, as it turned out, the um, automobile safety uh, direction that uh, the Crusaders took uh, the uh, uh, America in uh, turned out to be the wrong direction. It really was the nut behind the wheel who's the real problem yeah. in uh, auto safety. And uh, yeah, it, unfortunately, it was, Kenneth, we're we're running out of time. But I really, I really wish we had more time to finish our the, this conversation. But Kenneth White is the author. The new book is "The Sack of Detroit: General Motors and the End of American Enterprise." Thank you so much for joining us here on Detroit today. All right, this is WDET, Detroit's NPR station, your connection to news, music, and conversation. This is Detroit Today. I'm Jake Neer. Join us tomorrow. I really appreciate you listening in today. Thanks so much.